You're listening to Solar Insiders, a fortnightly update on the ins and the outs of the solar industry and what it means for solar owners and industry. With Renew Economies editor Giles Parkinson and leading solar industry veteran Nigel Morris. Solar Insiders is brought to you by Clenergy, providers of innovative, high-quality solar solutions to the world. Sunwiz, Australia's leading service provider of the solar and storage industry. And Solar Analytics, helping you get more from your solar, more confidence, more savings and more insights. Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the Solar Insiders podcast. My name is Giles Parkinson. I'm the editor of Renew Economy, one step off the grid and the driven. And joining me as usual is Nigel Morris from Solar Analytics. Nigel, I don't know how many weeks to Christmas, but it's not very far away. It's not very far at all, Giles. Um, but thanks for the intro. That was awesome. You made me somehow the tone of your voice made me sound more important than I am. <laughs> No, impossible, impossible. There's no tone in my voice which will dutifully and duly reflect the importance upon which you have in this industry. Am I not right, listeners? Sound of Come on, Mum. From, Come on, Mum. Ring in. Ring in, Mum. Mum's is cheering loudly, and um, I can just see that the, the audience is standing up. They're rising as one. They're beeping the horns if they if they're filling their cars to school. Yep, beep your horns to school. Sorry, they've um they've um I don't know what would you do in the kitchen sink if you listen to this podcast right now. I don't know. You just uh... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But thanks, for listeners. We love thanks, you, <laughs> mate. Net zero. Um, we're here. We're we're actually we're actually we, we got to um on Sunday. Um, with all the predictions, we got to negative demand. In South Australia, um, minus 38 megawatts. Uh, well, there's a bunch of different measures anyway. Basically, um, rooftop solar and a couple of small non-scheduled wind, wind and solar farms, basically so small that they don't actually get sort of controlled or dispatched by the um, AEMO sort of dispatch engine, uh, produced more than was being consumed in South Australia. So this is the first gigawatt scale grid that's actually recorded negative demand the whole state so um just wonderful and solar got to well depending which figures you believe but it's either 95 or 92 percent of total demand that's just from rooftop solar either one of those numbers is just extraordinary Uh, nigel how do you how do you how do you put in words that we're just powering whole states now you know really it's it's quite remarkable that you know, from my old friends, the hippies in Nimbin, when we were happy to have, you know, when I started in solar, Giles, I had a six, no, I had a 56 watt solar panel running my whole house. <laughs> just the one, just the one. And fact, how many 56, how, how many 56 watt solar panels would we need to sort of um, power Australia? Millions, millions, millions. a lot, a lot. <laughs> But, you know, honestly, in the early days, you know, stupid old hippies like me, one fifty-six watt panel, a, a, an old lead-acid battery under the porch, and off you go. You know, you've got a couple of 12-volt lights and, you know, that solar power. And here we are now powering entire states. And, and not only that, exporting excess to other states so that they can reduce their carbon footprint. It's... um. 
It's quite something, Giles. Pretty amazing. Look, I've, I've been in this business for about 12, 14 years now. And um, look, I'm not a power engineer. I'm not a, I'm not, not an electrician. Um, oh, none of us are experts. We're basically, I don't know diddly squat. So when I first started in this business, people just sort of say, well, look, no, wind and solar, they're never going to do more. It's impossible. You can't have more than 10 or 20% in the, in the grid. And even 20% is going to be pretty risky. Mm. Um, you know, even up to a year ago, you still have people like Trevor St. Baker running around just sort of saying, well, you can't ever have more than 50% at any one time instantaneous. Um, in the grid, but of course, we're well past that. We're up to about 62%, I think, um, just wind and solar in the whole grid. That's the whole, you know, national electricity and then, market. Mm. And of course, in South Australia, I mean, look, it spent most of the last six, most of the last um, two months at 100% renewables. I mean, it's reached that point on all but three days, I think, and spent, um, you know, sort of one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, up to about 12 hours or even 18 hours the other day, um, 100% renewables. It's just, um, it's extraordinary what's being achieved down there. Actually, it really, it really is. So, um, and ninety-two percent mm. or ninety-five percent rooftop solar. I mean, that's just not a whole other world, really. That's just, uh, it's just, just quite extraordinary. I mean, um, talking about eating someone's lunch. Um, yeah. So, um, and I, lived gonna- in, I lived in Adelaide for many, many years. I love Adelaide. Um, it's uh, as as the saying goes. Well, I made the saying up, but as the saying goes, comfortably the same. Adelaide, comfortably the same. Doesn't really ever change that much. But you know what's changed, Giles, is, you know, uh, there was there was no solar there. When, of course, when I, was, when I was young, when I was doing primary school and high school, solar wasn't even a thing. And here we are. Uh, and, and, you know, all you have to do is fly into Adelaide and just go, oh, my goodness, solar, solar, solar. So it used to be kind of fun to go, oh, look, there's a solar system as you flew in. Now you just go solar, solar, solar. Okay, I'm bored. There's just solar <laughs> bloody everywhere in South Australia. And these results um, kind of prove it out, right? Mm. It's amazing. It's yeah, cool. um, it is. It is. Um, pretty pretty amazing. Um, another big thing has happened, Nigel, and you probably know more about this than me um, because I'm still struggling to get my mind around because of the details. But um, and, and we did mention it last um, episode, so DC isolators. Um, the new standards have oh. finally Oof. got through. And people would be pretty happy about that, wouldn't they? Wow. Yes and no. Look, look, well, yes. Oh, oh, oh. He hesitates. The man hesitates. <laughs> look, uh, there's good news and bad news when it comes to DC isolators. I mean, how can I say it in a in a short, polite summary? The short, polite summary is at the moment what we have is a cluster of... A cluster bunny. A cluster bunny. A cluster bunny of somewhat epic proportions going on with the impending, I think we're four weeks away from a date change that requires new standards to come into play. Yes. And that is going to require inverters to comply with a new standard, and within that standard, they're required to comply with a DC isolator standard. Mm-hmm. And the short version is that the new DC isolator standard that has been employed, there are no test labs anywhere in the world, according to people who know more about this than I do, who can test those DC isolators. Yes. So somewhat of a problem occurs then because if your inverter has an inbuilt DC isolator which you need to get tested to a new standard and there are no labs that can test to that standard, then your inverter suddenly can't be sold. And so around and around we go. Now, I, you know, 
the good news is there have been changes to the standard. They're going to come in about the same time. It, it's a it's a different standard that allows you to not use DC isolators if you um, allow for other solutions with you know basically by connecting DC uh, by connecting MC plugs or some other method. It only applies in certain system types. There are voltage and string r- rules around it. It requires a whole lot of additional labelling. And my God, you should see how much labelling is already required in a solar system. It's it's stupidity how many labels are required. My whole switchboard outside where I podcast, Giles, has this wall. It looks like a it looks like a graffiti wall of labels. There are so many bloody labels on my switchboard. It's ridiculous. Um, it requires site maps that no one ever does and people lose and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it requires all sorts of things. But theoretically, you can get away without actually putting a DC isolator on the roof, which, you know, to the credit of the people who've pursued this issue and tried to remove them and, you know, on crap solar last night, there were more photos of DC isolators up in flames. You know, it is a, it is a huge problem. But the bottom line is we have... A major problem that's going to have to resolve itself resolve itself over the next four weeks with respect to a what do you do if you're not going to use a DC isolator and what are the rules and regulations around that and where am I going to get labels from and quickly print up some site maps that are not going to fade in ten years or whatever the requirement is and b what do we can do with all the inverters that have you know, long lead times and have already been built and shipped and transported and warehoused and are now flowing out into the market and we, you know already have DC isolators in that aren't approved. So there's a shit fight of almighty proportions about to happen. But, but as I said to someone yesterday who knows much more about this, was very, very concerned about the implications. We've gone through this before. It's part of the solar coaster. And there are lots of people thinking about it. There are lots of people working about it. Um, there's lots of pressure on the regulatory bodies. And that's a whole other issue that we touched on last week. But I think it will resolve itself, probably just in a nick of time, probably, you know, cause a lot of pain and disruption and everything else. But, um, yeah. Yeah, well, potentially if it's not resolved, then we could actually find a situation where people just can't put inverters, um, these products in and sort of um, whole sort of installations, um, you know, thousands of installations might have to sort of grind to a halt until these things are resolved and testing is done and results gotten back. And that was the fear that was expressed to me um, when oh, I was yeah. rung up um, um, last week. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's very, very real. I mean, for those people who are going to stick by the by the letter of the rules, there is a very real chance that, uh, and, and I sit off, not sit on a couple of product review panels and listen to people who are actually having to deal with these issues and uh, the the struggles that they're having trying to get these through. And we sort of try to brainstorm some issues. And I know there was a big call last week from a working group around inverters where they were trying to resolve it. And there were standards groups and uh, all sorts of bodies involved in trying to resolve it. And um, there's, there's people calling for action from various various regulate, regulatory bodies at the moment trying to resolve it. And I suspect we'll go right down to the wire. But, um, yeah, for those for those who want to do the right thing, there there is a yeah pretty high probability that in the next month or so, you know, in fact, I heard someone say, right, so the standards change on, what is it, December 19th? So we're just we're just breaking for Christmas on the 19th then. We'll come back in January and it'll all be sorted, right? It's, is that one strategy? So, um, 
yeah, for people who want to really do the right thing and make sure they're not pinged or caught out by an inspector who's a stickler for the rules, it's, it's a risky time ahead. And it's the last thing the entire industry needs right now. For, of course, the other side of this is for those that can fake it or come up with a certificate. I don't know how people come up with certificates at the moment. No, we don't encourage this. that, Nigel. That sounds like There's sort no. of vaccination types of things that's happened <laughs> down here. Right. Unbelievable. No, that's no, right. I'm not having that in this program. I'm sorry, Nigel. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know how anyone's going to get through it unless it's resolved. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Well, let's talk about the Ionic 5. I just want to make one mention about the Ionic 5 is the Hyundai electric car, which I drove. Oh. I was sitting in Centennial Park last week, and so I didn't make it over to the Northern Beaches to come and, and say hello to you. But um, I was doing some filming, and we got the kettle out, the old Sunbeam $30 kettle, and I made myself a cup of tea with the car. It was so good. It was so good. Yes. Yeah. It was just terrific. I could have I thought about that actually because I'm going on a big road trip on the on the live wire soon and I and I did he see if you called me, I would have come over and got a charge. I could have oh, charged, well, we I could have have charged up my bike. We could have done that. Absolutely. How, how much oh, does no. it, how much does your bike buy? Oh, that would have been oh my god. One point five kilowatts. What a oh, we could, we five kilowatts at a slow we, charge. We could we we could have had a Wally multi adapter and done three of them. Oh my goodness! Right. So when wouldn't I go that, up the north coast, I no, I don't own it. I just got. I had just had a media car for a week. I was just a tart. Oh, street. Um, yeah. I need a support. All right. Who was it? Hyundai? Hyundai. I need a support vehicle for my trip. <laughs> Hyundai. Come on. Claire's, Claire, Claire, bless her, she's going to follow me in the van. And, oh, no, I can't have that. You've got to be following an electric car. We can't have a fossil. We can't well, have an electric bike being. You know, I'm going. I'm going through a fossil, all, a fossil we've, car. That's not. We've completely got off solar, but you know, I am. I am. You know, seriously contemplating getting a big battery bank in the back of the van, and you know, having the ability in the event that I push it just a little bit too far, a little bit too hard, to be able to just get a little bit of a top up to get me to the next fast charging station in the van. Which, bless her, Claire's willing and able. Um, but you know, I got to spend a whole lot of time and money uh, putting a big lithium battery bank in there. And lo and behold, Hyundai, come on, come on, Hyundai. <laughs> It was just no. Look, it's it's related to solar because look, this thing actually comes with a solar roof if you want to. So it can probably add it in a few kilometres at the end of the day or during the day as it's going along. I mean, it's just kind of to me, it's just where technology is going. It's kind of happening so damn quickly now. We're not just talking about solar panels and roofs. We're talking about virtual power plants. We're talking about battery storage. We're talking about um, electric vehicles, panels on roofs, vans with sort of integrated um, solar in them, um, vehicle to load, vehicle to grid, batteries on wheels. Um, it's just extraordinary. And just to sit there in the middle of Centennial Park, boiling a kettle, having a cup of tea, all the people that came over and said, what the hell are you guys doing? And um, it was just... um it was, it, was, it, was, it was so of, good. Of it was a symbolic act like that. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's very... It was, I was thinking about this today, actually going, you know, it's interesting to sit back and go, where are we going to be in a year or two, mate? You know? I get cups of tea by the roadside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just be a fleet of Hyundai's following my Harley up and down the highway going, Nigel, you okay? Need a topper? Just don't forget the tea bags. <laughs> Love it. Oh, we look, we yes. digress. We digress. Yes. Oh, look, it was, it was the worth it. Was... But that's cool. No, nah, it was worth interrupting a solar podcast. Um, but now we'll take a message from our sponsors, or one of our sponsors anyway. Solar Analytics designs, develops and supplies smart solar software solutions that deliver more value from rooftop solar systems. 
Solar Analytics are committed to helping households, businesses and solar retailers. Get more from your solar. Get more confidence, more savings and more insights with Solar Analytics. And, of course, we'd like to thank all our sponsors, Solar Analytics, Sunwiz and Clenergy, for their sponsorship. Um, they've made it to the end of the year. Fantastic. Thanks, thanks guys. Um, really appreciate your support and your ongoing support, and hopefully you're back in 2022. Nigel, um, where are we going? I'll we're going to go to China. I'll be back. You'll be I'll back. Be I'll be back. <laughs> we'll both be back. What else are we going to do on a That's right. Tuesday <laughs> fortnightly <laughs> afternoon or whatever That's it is? Right. <laughs> Shell has bought PowerShop. What great insights can you bring into this? Well, I don't know if I can bring insights, but it's pretty interesting. There was a bit of a furor from, uh, from you know, those who signed up to PowerShop based on the original ethos and story that they kind of generated, which was being super green and all carbon neutral and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, there was a bit of a blow up on some of the socials about the other day. That's it. I'm out. PowerShop been bought by a fossil fuel company. Um, but it was pretty interesting to read what Shell have been doing and, you know, their acquisitions now include ERM Power, who are a very material generator, or Select Carbon, who are a carbon trading entity, Gangari Solar Farm, uh, Sonnen, and 49% of Esco Pacific, who are an EPC, a, a sort of engineering procurement and construction company in the solar space. So even just in Australia, that's still just their Australian stuff, but you know, in Australia, they've made some very, very substantial entries and acquisitions into the space. So, you know, buying a retailer uh, in the form of PowerShop with a bit of a track record and a bit of a bit of a bit of a reputation for being, you know, cool. Uh, I think it's a really interesting play. So, and it sort of rounds out the portfolio in my head. So I kind of went, "Well, oh, this is looking pretty cool. Good on you, Shell." Well, it gives them um, it gives them a good platform for their um, ambition, which is no less to become the biggest and most important electricity retailer in the country. So, um, watch out, oh, um, Origin no and AGL and Energy Australia. Well, if you if you if you're one of the big four oil companies in the world, then why would you want to be anything less than the biggest electricity um, retailer in um, in a country like Australia? So, um, look, it's just, it's just an acknowledgement that we're sort of moving from sort of. Um, um, you know, uh, gas and petrol and things like that to electrons um, and back again, probably with hydrogen. But um, hmm. anyway, um, I think it's I, I think it's good. And having worked for BP, uh, well, BP Solar, which was a, a division of BP, uh, the other, you know, big uh, fossil fuel oil major, um, you know, I think it's a I, – I, my, my philosophy was always, you know, when you see these big oil majors actually making pretty big investments and actually putting their money where their mouth is, it's a really strong sign that, you know, the tide is genuinely changing. Yeah. And, um, you know, support the hell out of them. Um, yeah. Support the hell out of them and show them that they're going the right direction and get them investing even more. And don't let them get away with just greenwashing. Let them, you know, show them that they've, they've got to invest more and they've got to go even harder and got to go deeper. So, you know, come on, Shell, you probably need, I don't know. Good monitoring company, or something. Good monitoring. Company. No, that's good. True enough agency. Enough good, yeah. good, good online agency. Oh, something. Well, compared to a decade ago when BP did the Beyond Petroleum um, thing, and apart from their investment in BP Solar, they basically actually spent more money on the marketing campaign than they did actually sort of moving beyond petroleum. So um, this is completely different now. They're all trying to catch up and. Um, 
and accelerating at great knots. And BP has just sort of um, done a whole bunch of announcements that it's joint venture with uh, Light Source. That's BP Light Source, and I can't mm. remember how many gigawatts they've got they've bought up or pipelines. But mm. um, in the, um, I think it's in the tens of gigawatts. But it's interesting. That's what all those big companies are doing. If you look at Enel and you look at um, Ibidrola and EDF and Angie and things like that, they're all talking in the multiple dozens of gigawatts of solar and wind um, sometime over the next decade. So that's pretty True. interesting. But talking about multiple gigawatts, um, something you, you've, you've spotted something very big in China has emerged, it's probably the biggest solar farm in, in the world. I don't know whether it's bigger than the one in the United Arab Emirates, is it, Nigel? But it must be pretty close. It's pretty close. Uh, behold, as the, behold. Uh, as the video <laughs> says, behold, the Hanji Hydropower Hainan Solar Park. Um, 2.2 gigawatts and, and, and the largest in China, one of the largest on the planet. I haven't done a ranking recently to look at, uh, where, where the big ones are, but it's certainly right up there. And, um, you know, very spectacular, um, um, you know, video that, um, you know, flies you in from outer space and detects this strange <laughs> thing in the desert, uh, up in, uh, Hangji province. And, uh, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And um, I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it too. But <laughs> but but right up in the north, and it's it's kind of really barren, desert-like kind of area. And um, you know, you fly in, you get down on the ground, and you see you know tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of solar panels in this massive, massive solar park, which is cool in itself uh, to see large-scale PV being put to work like that. But what was most interesting about it was that, according to the video, the area where it was deployed was basically, you know, denuded wasteland. It, it was, um, yeah, it was deserted, uh, desert, desertified. Um, desertified. No, des- I don't know. So it was desert and uh, it didn't look very nice. It was pretty barren. They couldn't run any uh, livestock or anything else like there, like that there. And, and there were a whole lot of stories about local communities being able to run livestock there because the solar panels had recreated a microclimate. They created shade. Obviously they created a runoff uh, of dew, if nothing else um, uh, that tended to create um, a really nice microclimate. And they basically focused, in on the fact that this solar farm, although it's effectively a monoculture of solar panels, created this whole new microclimate that allowed all the locals to bring their sheep back in there, which allowed them to then keep the grass down, which then fertilised the grass, and they, they created an ecosystem. So even though, you know, the downside of, you know, putting hundreds of thousands or, or, or even millions of solar panels in a single location is if it's managed right, and we've talked about agri-solar before, if it's managed right and it's managed well, you can create new uh, uh, a new symbiosis and you can actually affect microclimates. You can actually really at large scale, you can, you can do some amazing things. Um, you know, it was 609 square kilometers, Giles. Uh, for reference, it's about the size of Newcastle as a town, <laughs> 26 Ks by 26 Ks. So yeah, big, big area. Um, but mighty impressive. But 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 the thing that really caught my attention actually was how they they realised that they could recreate local industry. They could bring people back with livestock and other things that um, were suddenly happening because of the solar panel. So I, I thought that was a nice story. 
It's interesting, actually. It's probably worth pursuing and finding out a bit more about that. Um, sort of di- a deeper dive into you know, sort of recreating this sort of um, this uh, this ecosystem. I mean, it might be the same as what was there before, of course, but it's kind of um, sort of bringing it back from being desert is uh, is an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Now, mate, um, I've lost the thread of our. Um, I've lost. Like, I've, I've lost my guide. Oh, here it is. Yes. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall I segue to, to speaking of good conversations? Great solar business last week. Terrific chat with Warwick Johnston. I have to say, old was, bless him. I think it was one of the best conversations I've had in almost the whole series. Um, he he was right on on uh, on his game. He was eloquent. He really so even if you don't like the topic, which was how can data help you streamline your business. Was was right on his game. It was a terrific interview, and he he really um we we really managed to extract some really cool ways and um things that he'd learnt over the years, and he's worked with many many businesses, hundreds and hundreds of solar businesses. So he really does have have some good insight. He's doing great things with Open Solar. He's got his own platforms, of course. Um, and you know, as we all know, you know, ones and zeros. The whole world's about ones and zeros. Uh, there are all sorts of things you can do with big data. And and Warwick and I had a had a terrific chat about not only you know what you can do to streamline your business, but what some of the top three tips were um, that he's learned. And and you know, what does that mean for solar businesses? So so that was that's a real cool chat. Well worth having listened to. That was published last week. Yeah, well, we're not going to reveal what the top three tips were, but um, yeah, absolutely. Look, um, um, Warwick's a wonderful bloke. And of course, Sol- and, um, Sol- Sunwiz is um, a uh, sponsor of this podcast. So um, thanks for your long and continued support, Warwick, and um, good on you yeah, for all the work that um, you do. One of the good people in the solar business, one of the many good people in the solar business, but um, pretty special all the same. What's, right. ha- what's happening next episode? Well, that, that... My next guest is a surprise, mostly because I was actually signed up for jury duty. I think we touched on that last last week. Oh, that's so right, you're going yeah. to you're going to have to smuggle a microphone into the um, into the jury room. Well, no, I'm not. No, I'm not because I went in yesterday, and uh, apparently you weren't I'm not, selected. I'm, I'm not jury material, so they sent me home, which is, <laughs> says quite a lot, really. Uh, well, oh, you, you. Have to, you have to go out and find a guest. I've got a couple of guests up my sleeve, but uh, I've got to quickly reschedule my life because I anticipated spending four weeks in uh, in jury, you know, trying to uh, uh, do, do do who knows what as a juror. Um, but I'm back. I'm back. So I'll have a good guest, I promise. Yeah, a bit disconcerting. I think my son got something um, something in the mail for a federal court thing. Six, six months. Thank you very much. Oh, crap. <laughs> Right, we could actually check in to see what's happened to him. I don't yeah. know whether he's been impaneled yet, but um, God. Um, anyway, but uh, I think uh, if you uh, if you run your own business, I think um, I'm not too sure that uh, they'll do that to you. For oh no, that's okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> I heard a few cases. Oh really? I had a video. Oh yeah, no, it's true. But don't worry, they give you 107 bucks a day. So 107 dollars you know, yeah. a day. Oh, well, that'll fix it. <laughs> that's right. And they give you they they give you a couple of cut sandwiches too, don't they? So that's pretty nice. Well, they talked yes. about biscuits and coffee, and said, I saw nil nothing, nothing. Nothing. Well, lucky I think I, I, lucky I, I had some I jellies and some licorice in my bag. It's only for the chosen ones, Nigel. It's only I know. For the chosen ones. I did actually serve on a jury for two weeks. I think was it two weeks or one week or something like that. God, it was the strangest case. Oh, yeah, I was. I was looking forward to it. But anyway, we do digress. Um, 
Uh, so anyway, yeah, I will have a good guest, I promise, listeners, because we're on the wind-up till the end of the year, and I've, I've actually got an international celebrity uh, that I've been chatting with that uh, did promise me to, to come on, so I'm hoping he might be my next one. Um, but uh, I wanted to – we haven't done a Crap Solar thing for ages, and there was so much on Crap Solar over the last few weeks, I wanted to summarise a few reminders, especially for those – Solar it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a bit sad when we say there's so much on crap solar. Actually, that's just that's not a ringing endorsement of the industry, Nigel. But um, run through it anyway. No, and and you know I'm sure they're sparse and 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 you know not that common, um, but they are great reminders of what to watch out for. Uh, I haven't got it listed here, so I'm going off script now. But I do want to say that. I did that thing that I do, Giles, where I went, oh, I'm on Facebook scouring around looking for what's going on around the industry and, oh, here's a link to a company who's telling me that I can save a fortune with solar. I don't recognize the name of that company. Who the hell is that company? And off I go down the rabbit warren. And um, lo and behold, this solar company, uh, you know, claiming to save you money and now they could do this and they could do that. And they Facebook page was a bit lacking in information. So, you know, grabbed some details, jumped on their website. Their website wasn't complete. Come on, catch up, guys. Uh, their website was full of Ipsum, Spitsum, and, you know, all sorts of template stuff. So they hadn't even finished the website before they started to get the campaign out. And then I dived in their privacy policy and I went in their privacy policy. And lo and behold, I got so- all sorts of terrific things like the information offered by Beep is not a recommendation. Uh, is a recommendation only and should not be relied on to make a decision. The information is not specified to the circumstances of any individual consumer. You should seek individual advice and uh, beep, will not be liable for any consequential losses of profits arriving due to the use of viewing materials on this website. And beep is owned and operated by beep marketing company. Oh dear. So then I ran down the rabbit warren of mark said marketing. Now on this web, this solar website that isn't even complete, I have to say, we've got seventeen years of experience. We'll get you the best solar deal for the uninitiated. It was a honeypot trap. It was just an absolute honeypot. I clicked on it uh, just to to go. Oh, I don't know who this company is. Maybe I should be ringing them to try and hit my sales target this week. You know, but who are they? I don't even think they exist, Giles. And it is a classic, classic example of what consumers need to be aware of because I'm now deep in a YouTube video about the founder of the marketing company and all the clever things that he's done to create leads for people, including his own company that he can sell to other people, which is clearly what this is. So, is this the name we've heard before, Nigel? I mean, they keep on nah, hearing these beeps. It's not ours. Nah, it's a different one. Okay. No, nah, okay. no, nah, brand any, new. Any links with aforementioned or not aforementioned people? No. Nah. 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 No, no, brand new. But I keep seeing this. I keep seeing marketing companies who are going, oh, how can I make it? What's another way that I can create leads? What's another way that I can create revenue streams? What's another way that I can build my credentials? What's another industry that I haven't had a play in? And clearly, beep, have found, suddenly found solar this week and created a website that they didn't even bloody finish. But anyway, that was lesson number one was, you know, a couple of clicks here, a couple of clicks there. I quickly determined who the real owners were and what they had and had not, and they certainly did not have 17 years of experience. So I'll be raising that with the ATRIP. I can just make this observation, Nigel, that if you ever joined the um, solar corporate cop um, in the regulators and sort of put on a uniform and a dusty pair of shoes, um, you'd be <laughs> formidable. You'd be formidable. <laughs> 
I've learned a few tricks over the years to how to quickly get to the bottom of the rabbit warren of solar scumbags. Now, um, I'm, I'm just looking at this line here, Nigel, and it just intrigues me. Blue tech is not an acceptable cable mounting system. <laughs> Why forever not? <laughs> that was one of the best ones that I saw. Kudos to all the guys and girls who make uh, great input and entertaining stuff on uh, crap solar, but there was a horrendous Queensland solar installation where the installer who was being shredded by the installer who was coming through to fix all the disasters there literally, literally attached the the cabling under the solar array with Bluetack. So punters, strong sign, (laughs) strong sign. You're dealing with someone dodgy if they use blue. If they rock up with a big pack of blue pack, blue tack in their tool bag, yeah. send them away. Okay. So that was uh, that was lesson number one. Uh, lesson number two, and it it still happens way too often. It's still a huge cause of failures. Is uh, and this sounds stupidly technical, but you know DC isolators are mounted on walls for the time being, right next to the inverter. They allow you to turn the solar panels off at the inverter so that you can isolate things in the event that something goes wrong. If the cables run down the wall from the top in a piece of conduit and run straight into the top of that DC isolator, any condensation, moisture, any any moisture that is got in anywhere is going to flow down, and that that conduit, electrical conduit, is going to become a drain pipe. It's going to fill the DC isolator up. The DC isolator is going to short circuit and it's going to arc and it's going to catch fire. Catch firing, catching fire is never good when it comes to solar. So a top entry into isolators is a bad, bad thing. It has to be avoided at all costs. So, you know, that's a really simple one for the punters out there is, you know, just have a look at where the cables go in. They should come in through the bottom, not through the top. (laughs) (laughs) um another classic which was it was a beauty it was a commercial system actually (laughs) it was good simple advice never accept a system from someone who installs an inverter on the sun on the roof in the sun on the roof and there lo and behold solar panels on the roof bit of aluminium rail and an inverter just bolted to the top of this roof uh for god's sake no inverter (laughs) is designed to be you know um Exposed, no, shone upon at that level for its whole life. Uh, bless it, the inverter was actually still operational, I think, but only just, and it would look terrible. It oh, would damn. look like it had been in an oven. Well, see, that's one of the points. Is, I mean, look, maybe there should be like, you know, like five easy, you know, five telltale signs that your solar system's crap or something like that, or the solar system hasn't been installed properly because people don't. In fact, let's, let's do, we should do one of those articles because there's a lot of people out there who don't know, and, and why would they know? Um, well, they might not get. They might not get close enough to see the blue tack. Um, they might right. look at the inverters sort of um, next to the solar panels and go, "Oh, that's a nice shiny bit of equipment, and that looks yeah. pretty." Um, yeah. And they might not think twice about the cabling going up rather than down from the um, DC isolator. Yeah. So, um, and look, if, if, if it's, they knew what that was, it's all it's all very tedious stuff. And you know, who has time? And who you know? God bless your mum. You know, you're not going to go and ask those questions. You know, it's hard, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, you're right. There should be a guide. I'm sure there are guides. Um, we should maybe um, come back to that in the new year. There might be a good new year thing. Yeah. Um, the uh, the other one that um, you know comes up over and over and over and over again is it's really easy to slap conduit. Um, everywhere um but of course conduit is no good if it's not sealed properly it's not good if you jam a cable in it and then just shove some silicon in the end of it and and that's the other one that seems Mm. to be a really common repeat problem is people um 
not using conduit correctly. So, you know, it's these little things that, you know, in the first month or six months or one year, perhaps aren't going to cause any problems, but down the track, um, that's, that's how house fires start, Charles. So they're, they're really important little details that need to be got right. Let's hope the CER in its new guise with its new uh, focus on quality and everything else and the new standards and that all come together in a beautiful, harmonious December 18th evolution of our standards and regulations that means that everyone knows what they're doing, all the regulations and rules are clear and baddies are kept out. Sounds like paradise, Nigel. And how's that working out? Yeah, well, I'll tell you on the 19th. <laughs> okay, mate, um, I think we might, be, uh, we might be in a wrap for this episode. Okay. Unless there's something more important to say. No, I've got nothing. Nothing? Not even a, like a Harley story? No. No. No, no. Look, you know, I'm just one of those guys. I just own a live wire now, you know. I just go down to the shed and hop on my live wire and go, oh, I'm just going to ride my live wire. Just another just another EV rider. There you go. <laughs> I do have uh, I do have lots of exciting things planned over the coming weeks and months, though, uh, including some long range trips and everything else. So there will be time for me to tell those stories. I'm sure. Is that life wire coming up to Byron Bay? It is absolutely coming to Byron Bay. Wow! Better make sure I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> you won't, yeah, it won't be like the other Harley. You won't hear me coming up the hill, but no. uh, um, but yeah, no, I'll be there. Oh, fantastic! Looking forward to that. Thanks very much, Nigel. Thanks to everyone out there listening to this podcast. Um, there's another two to go um, before the end of the year. And I think there's another two episodes of Great Solo Business as well. And do check out the weekly Energy Insiders and also the Driven Podcast. God, there's just so much to listen to <laughs> all the time. Um, compelling drama and information and insight and amusement and great stories. More boiling kettles by the side of the road. Thanks, of course, to our sponsors, Sunwiz Solar Analytics and Clinergy. And I'm just watching the neighbour going down in his Tesla negotiating the speed humps. Well done, sunshine. Kept an appropriate speed. Thanks for everybody. Everybody, we'll be back again this time next week. Bye for now. Solar Insiders was brought to you by Clenergy, the providers of high-quality mounting systems for residential, commercial, and utility-scale solar projects. With in-house engineering and projects divisions, Clenergy provides a unique edge with its expert advice. Let Clenergy find the right framework for any solar application. Solar Insiders was also brought to you by SunWiz, Australia's leading service provider for the solar and storage industry. SunWiz's partnership with OpenSolar will amplify the value delivered by their world-leading solar software platform. With pro setup, training and assistance, run your business at maximum velocity. Visit sunwiz.com.au. Solar Insiders was also brought to you by Solar Analytics, helping you get more from your solar, more confidence, more savings and more insights visit solaranalytics.com.au